0: Three. Howdy, and welcome to episode eight of Cast Protection. Cast Protection is a podcast that discusses the Netflix original series Stranger Things. My name is Jonathan Kreitz, and I am joined by Dave Ataberry. Hello, friends. And Mr. Chris Tyler. I am here as well. Hey everybody. You can reach us at CastProtection at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach us at Cast Protection on Twitter and also on Facebook. You may also leave its review on iTunes. We did actually get an email uh, into the Gmail account, and it pertains to Episode 8. So we saved it. We got it a few episodes ago, but we saved it for now um, as we're going to be covering Episode to- 8 tonight. So here it goes. Team cast protection. As it says in the subject line, which I didn't include here, but it said spoiler warning, only read the following if you have seen Episode 8, and please do not discuss on the podcast until after Episode 8. Well, I'm going to read it now. Um it says I am not sure if you noticed this, and I have not heard anyone else discuss it, but have you noticed the demogorgon does not draw blood in our world? It always moves things to the upside down before it draws blood. I think Will got brought to the upside down and he was able to elude the demogorgon because he was not bleeding and could not be tracked. Barb and the injured deer were brought to the upside down before being attacked, and we did not see the demogorgon draw any blood in the attack at the school. My hypothesis is that Dr. Brenner and the other gunmen were teleported to the Upside Down, and we may see them in Season 2 since the Demogorgon was eliminated by 11 before it could attack them in the Upside Down. What are your thoughts? Ed in State College, PA. Ed. Blowing my mind, man. Yeah. Blowing my yeah, mind. I, you know, it's funny. When I watched it uh leading up to this episode that we're about to record, I mean, the way it's... Sh- The way it's shown, he could be right. It doesn't actually show – it shows a Demogorgon, like, jumping on people and grabbing them and stuff, but it doesn't show them being, like, ribbed limb from limb or, you know, it doesn't actually show them eat Brenner, for example. So is this more plausible? I mean, I think it could be. i say it's highly plausible. Yeah, I mean – And we'll, after we discuss this episode, you know, there's definitely some things going on towards the end of this episode that raises more question about what happens to you when you spend maybe too much time in the Upside Down. So maybe we'll come back to this as we get a little further along. But, Ed, that's a a good email. Thank you for sending it in. And we'll definitely keep that in mind as we go through uh, tonight's discussion. Dave, did you have anything yeah, to say a great.
1: that? No, I, I think it's – I've got a little point to make when we get there uh, about blood. I think it okay. ties into this very well. So, yeah, okay, I, great. I appreciate your thoughts, Ed. That was awesome. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, if you want your email read on the show, once again, you can send it to castprotection at com. Okay. I'm going to give us our synopsis for the final episode of Season 1 of Stranger Things, and then we'll discuss. So – In our opening, we have a slow pan down to the lab. Joyce is screaming to be released, and she's in some sort of interrogation room. Brenner comes to speak to her. He tells her that six people have been taken this week, so he wants to know how to stop the Demogorgon, and she, he wants to know how she talked to Will. Joyce is having none of his false, caring attitude, and Hop is getting a much firmer hand. After repeatedly tasing him, um, I don't know if we ever got her name. The woman who has been chasing the kids with Doctor Brenner, she wants to know. I don't recall. Yeah, um, she wants the to know. A librarian. That's, that's <laughs> her. Uh, she wants to know if he is working for someone else. You know, maybe the Russians or uh, some corporation or something. But Hop makes them an offer. If he, if they let him and Joyce go and give them what they want, they'll forget any of this ever happened. Back at the school, Mike gets tired of waiting around and realizes that Nancy and Jonathan are missing. Elle says that they've gone to fight the Demogorgon. At the buyer's house, Nancy and Jonathan are setting up a trap for the monster, and it's a really cool, you know, classic montage of them preparing for the battle. Back at the laboratory, Hop wants to make a deal with Brenner. Hop and Joyce and all the boys will go free and clear in exchange for Elle. Brenner agrees, and Hop and Joyce head for the gate. They need to wear hazmat suits as the atmosphere is toxic. The growths from the gate have expanded and extended all through the lower level of the laboratory. Brenner and his team mount up in their vans to head for Hawkins. They are sure that Hop and Joyce are on a fool's errand and will not make it back alive. Hop and Joyce go into the Upside Down. Then we cut to our title. In our episode proper, we see in the Upside Down that Joyce is hyperventilating. Hop coaches her through her breathing to calm down, and this gives us a flashback to Hop and his family many years ago. During play at the park, Hop's daughter can't catch her breath. He coaches his daughter just like he does Joyce in the Upside Down. They're making their way to Castle Byers. At the Byers' house, Nancy and Jonathan rehearse their plan. They're going to lure the Demogorgon into a trap, and Nancy is going to be the bait. At the school, the boys argue about sticking to the plan and waiting for all the adults to come back. Dustin and Lucas go to get Elle some chocolate pudding that they know the lunch lady is hoarding so she can recharge. <laughs> and yeah, that that was well, we'll Freaking get to that in a second. Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh at the buyer's house, Nancy and Jonathan wait for the blood in their hands to draw the beast in. Just then Steve arrives. He sincerely wants to apologize. Wow. And while at the door, he sees the wound on Nancy's hand and forces his way in. He freaks out when he sees what they've prepared to trap the beast, not understanding what they are doing. Nancy pulls a gun on him to force him to leave. (laughs) She's not messing around. (laughs) I know. I died laughing the first (laughs) time. It's for his own good. He has no idea what's about to happen. Just then, of course, the lights in the house flicker, and the Demogorgon smashes through the living room ceiling. They all make it into Will's room, and Steve is freaking out. After a few moments, everything goes quiet. They go out into the hallway, and the Demogorgon is gone. In the Upside Down, they're still making their way to the fort. Hop finds what looks like a giant hatched egg, and as they get closer to Castle Byers, they see it's been destroyed. In the debris, Hop sees a stuffed animal and again flashes back to reading to his daughter in the hospital. His daughter is bald, gaunt, and very ill. Outside the hospital room, Hop cries in futility, and back in the present, Will is still missing. So Steve is freaking out. Nancy tells him to leave, and he doesn't waste any time going to his car. Just then, he turns and sees the lights in the house are flickering. As the lights go completely out, the Demogorgon rises out of the darkness and immediately takes Jonathan down. Nancy empties her revolver into it with little effect, and as she runs out of ammo, Steve charges in and beats the monster back with Jonathan's spike-studded baseball bat. It steps into the bear trap, just like they planned, and they light it on fire. Hop and Joyce can hear it scream in the Upside Down. Jonathan grabs a fire extinguisher and puts out the fire. As the smoke clears, they realize that it got away. Hop and Joyce proceed to Joyce's house in the Upside Down. The corresponding lights, or as they walk through, the corresponding lights in our world light up, and scaring Jonathan, Steve, and Nancy. Hop can tell that the kids heard it from the damage in the Upside Down, but it's not there either. As they leave the house, Jonathan can feel that there was his mom and not the monster. At the school, Lucas and Dustin have hit the mother load of chocolate pudding. As they gather it up, Mike (laughs) explains to Elle that after all this is over, she can come join their family and eat real food like a real person. He can't come out and say it that he likes her and wants to be her boyfriend, so he just kisses her. Just then, Brenner and his soldiers pull up and storm the gymnasium across the way. When they don't find the kids there, they look into the school and corner them all in a hallway. Elle uses her powers to squash the brains of all the agents and soldiers surrounding them, including the woman who killed Benny. Elle passes out from the effort. In the Upside Down, Hop and Joyce follow the trail of the injured Demogorgon to the library. They are going in. Back at the school, Brenner finds the boys with the unconscious Elle and commands them to leave her. They tell him, and I quote, to eat shit. Elle wakes up and sees what is going on, and she wants to help Mike, but she's too weak. The lights begin to flicker because the blood from the dead soldiers has drawn the Demogorgon. The kids grab Ellen and run as the Demogorgon smashes to the wall, killing the soldiers as well as Brenner. Or did it? I don't know.
1: Oh, we don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. I definitely thought it did, but now I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't know. In the Upside Down... We didn't
2: see a body!
0: you're You're right. In the Upside Down, Hop and Joyce found a room full of the remains of the Demogorgon's prey... This includes Will, who's wrapped in a cocoon and has a tube down his throat, or tentacle. This image makes Hop flash back again, this time to the death of his daughter and how she looked while intubated in the hospital. They pull what seems to be several feet of tentacle out of Will. We cut back to the school and the boys are hiding Elle in a classroom. Outside there's a firefight and finally the Demogorgon finds them and smashes through the door. Lucas fires shot after shot of it with his wrist rocket to no avail. As the monster is about to pounce, Elle slams it into the wall with her mind. Turning to say goodbye to Mike, she pushes the monster with her mind, dissolving it into ashes along with herself. In the Upside Down, Will isn't breathing and Hop and Joyce desperately administer CPR. This again brings us back to the death of Hop's daughter as they use CPR on her too, but unlike the death of his daughter, Will returns to life and the three of them hold each other. Karen finds Mike in the aftermath of the battle at the school. He survived, but it was a fyric victory. In the hospital, Will wakes up. Joyce and Jonathan are overjoyed at his return. The rest of our heroes sit in the waiting room. Mike is with them, but he looks alone without Elle. Jonathan brings them to see Will, and they can't wait to tell him all that has happened while he was gone. And as Hop leaves the hospital, a government car pulls up, and he reluctantly gets in. One Month Later, that's that's the title we saw. The boys are playing another campaign in Mike's basement. This time, it's the Thessala Hydra that attacks. Instead of casting production, protection, Will throws a fireball, and they win. Jonathan comes to get Will, and all seems right, except that Mike looks sadly at Elle's pillow for her, which is back to how it was. Nancy gives Jonathan a gift and a kiss on the cheek. It's a camera. She goes and sits in the den with Steve, who asks if uh, she gave it to him. I don't think I said this before, but it's Christmas time. At the police station, Hop loads up a Tupperware uh, with food from the Christmas party and drives it out into the woods. He walks out to a box in the forest and leaves it along with some Eggo waffles. What? The buyer's house is clean, well-lit, and fixed up from the way it was before. Joyce looks great, and as they sit down to dinner, Will excuses himself to the bathroom. In the bathroom, he coughs up what looks to be a piece of the tentacle he had in his throat in the Upside Down. As he washes it down the sink... Everything suddenly flashes to the Upside Down for a moment and snaps back. He returns to the table and tells them that everything is okay. And that is the end of Chapter 8.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Oh. Watching this the first time, it was like, oh, my God. It just—it mm-hmm. was a little overwhelming the first time I watched it. I actually mm-hmm. followed, you know, followed everything much better the second time. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i i mean you know it's a great climax to a half dozen different storylines and beats and everything else that have been building 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 it's a great climax um they ratchet up the tension and it's mixed with a lot of emotion at the same time it's great oh yeah yeah i definitely
2: noticed some more stuff uh on the second the second viewing here yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, some of it was little, little things. Like, um, I don't think I remember the first time I watched it. It's when L starts to vaporize the demogorgon. It's because, uh, Lucas has put the monster killer in the wrist rocket. Um, I was just like, so at first I was thinking, Oh the monster killer rock
0: did it oh no well, the rock that they they were
2: yeah that was on this one's assessment. the monster killer and that's that's the the final one that he shoots yeah. at and that's when l blasts wow. the, the demogorgon up against the wall well that was oh, a great
0: yeah. that was a really great um you know i i didn't put that together but it was cool how they did it at least the first time i watched it where you know they go into slow motion and he lines that last shot up and like this is it And it does Uh, slam the demogorgon back and they all act surprised. You know, the kids are all like, yeah. And then of course it's the unconscious Al has woken up and she's Mm -hmm. joining the fight now. But, uh, it's, it, and it's the little things like
2: that. You, we already know she's been through hell and then you look at it and there's just, there's more blood coming out of her ears and her nose and her eyes. They gave her the, the, like the red, red lenses. So she's. Yeah, I mean this is this is straight up Dark Phoenix right, right. here. Like this mm-hmm. just isn't <laughs> this will not stand me. Yeah. And,
1: well it's, yeah, it's sure. a, at and the moment's a great callback to uh I don't know if you guys have read the novel It. And I think I don't yep. know if I I'm pretty sure they did it in the in the TV movie. I can't remember though, I haven't seen it in thirty years. But you know, the kid that's one of the things the kids do is they, you know, they fight the monster with their wrist rocket. So it was a yeah. great callback, you know.
2: Beverly yeah, Beverly has it, right? She was the best one with the mm-hmm. um
1: with the slingshot, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and there, I mean, there's been lots of nods to Stephen King through the whole series, but I think the the climax, especially and the way it all kind of came together, was if you're a a, a a constant reader of King, there was a lot. I felt like that with the ending, way of like with Hop and how his past was colliding with the present.
2: Yeah. which was great. Yeah. It was such a smart move only hitting that, yeah. what his past was, yeah. to just lay it all out mm-hmm. here. But yeah, because that,
1: it, that it drops... Go ahead,
2: go ahead. I was going to say, it drops at just the right time. Yeah. I mean, literally intercutting the stuff that was going on with his daughter with now there's this other kid that I can save. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is not going to happen again to another kid.
0: Well, and it's like... You know what, that his whole flashbacks and the way it was interacting with the present, I know it got a lot of grief, but he really reminded me of the best parts to me at least of Lost, where they would have these flashbacks and a lot of times it'd be some like emotionally damaging, you know, story with this character back in the real world that was pertaining to what was going on there on the island. I don't know, just in the way It's like, well, what a coincidence he's going through something that's reminding him of every aspect of his daughter's, you know, illness. But it works out so powerfully in the emotion of the moment, you know.
1: Well, I think it reads true because I think that's, I mean, ultimately how we respond to the present is a predicated on our experiences before Right, exactly, and, and that's and that's and I, that's a great point. I think that's one of the reasons I liked Lost a lot because it reminded me of that and a lot of um, characters in Stephen King novels that'll happen to them, especially you know, the, at the climax of the book. You'll see the their thoughts coming out of the of things in their past and it, it, it driving them in their present of the story. And uh, I thought that was just a great way to bring it all together and sure. make that take that emotional uh moment up another notch well
0: you know it's funny i know we've talked off air a little bit um about our different king uh reading adventures i read a couple mm-hmm. Stephen king works this summer but i'm definitely looking forward to reading it because it does seem to consistently come up as like one of his all-time best you know stories and i think it is yeah. similar from what i understand to this and that it's there's a lot a kid, of a bunch similarity of kids that are Yeah, you know, trying to fight some evil monster in their small town, you know. Yeah, very much a a dark Goonies adventure, right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) One of the uh, just from a a thematic point of view, what I picked up on this time was the staging of the shot after Hop has resuscitated Will, and Will's lying in Joyce's arms, and Hop is sort of behind them. It's not quite the standard way you'd depict a, a Pieta in uh, Christian mythology, but it's pretty damn no, close. It I, was, I was like, okay, um, that kind of went by me the first time, so I kind of laid it on a little thick yeah. there, but it kind of works. So I don't know if that portends bad things for uh, Will in the future,
0: but mm. uh, you never know. Yeah. Well, it you know what it reminded me of in its lighting and staging, but also was... Uh, I think trying to hit that same reference was the end of Batman v Superman. Okay. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the ending of Batman v Superman, I guess, but there's (laughs) definitely like a, you know, bringing the Lord down off the cross type moment at the end of that movie that I could see, you know, the imagery was very similar at the end here with them. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an interesting point. I, um, well, let's, um, I've got some I've got some notes here, and we can kind of start back at the beginning of the episode. So, Hop makes a deal with Brenner for them to get free. Is he really, you know, is it a? I guess is he really going to betray L, or do you think this is some sort of like calculated gamble on his part? I never took it as
2: he was going to betray any of the kids. I think it was, I need to get, I can't be here. I need to do something now. And it's going to be, it's one of those desperation moves where I am going to say or do whatever I need to do so that I can actually be proactive and I'll to hell with what happens later. I'll deal with it at another time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why you see him at the end. He's out taking the Tupperware Full of food and leaving it out there. Ostensibly, I think we're, we're led to believe it's for her because of the echoes. Yeah, be yeah. I mean, probably because of his guilt. If you notice, I mean, he's through the story, he's been very emotionally invested in saving Will and, and helping out Joyce. And Eleven is kind of a, has always been kind of a side mystery for him. He's of all the main characters, he's had the least involvement with her. Overall. Yeah, well, when you see a small
2: child roughly the same age as your daughter with no hair, I'm sure he wasn't going to give her up to the bad guys at the right. end. I think that emotional right. thread's a little too yeah, strong. Well, yeah, if
0: it I was a good. gamble on his part, because I also thought, well, he's seen some of what she can do. You know, she's evaded them for this long. I just wondered if he didn't actually think almost the inverse of what Brenner thought, that, oh, they're going to die on the upside down, you know, who cares if we let them loose. Uh Maybe he just thought, you know, Elle can get away from them or she can stop them or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So that leads directly into, you know, us finally getting the payoff for Hop's backstory. And um, I mean, we've really kind of covered that already. But I mean, he's basically not going to he's going to do what he can to not let history repeat itself like it did with his daughter when it comes to finding Will. And even when it comes to hiking through miles and miles of the upside down. And I think I was right. Like they were in the library, right? Was the final, final place where they found, uh, where they found Will. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I think they were. I think it was the library.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's one of my notes. Okay. You know, as a kid in the eighties, the library was my safe space. So uh yeah, thanks Duffer Brothers for making it creepy and horrible. So, <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah. you know, in the '80s horror movies, nothing bad ever happened in the library. You that was where you went to learn stuff, and it was safe. And now it's uh,
2: I don't know. Didn't something happen in something oh, wicked? This way crap, comes that's in the what library. I was just oh, thinking of. Damn You're right. right. You're right. This is why we're on this show together.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's where. uh Jonathan Price
2: goes, it's where, it's where he goes in,
1: in there. there yeah. To, yeah. yeah. That's where the dad yeah. confronts him. That was one of the movies that scared me the most
0: as a kid. I read that book last, um for the first time, I read that last Halloween. Yeah. And I think it's going to become like a regular tradition because it's short, it's yeah, sweet. That's a good one. Ray Bradbury is awesome, and that book was really good. Awesome, mm-hmm. like father-son story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely got a Goonies vibe off of Dustin's excitement, uh, regarding the chocolate pudding. Yes. Like, they got, they got Rocky Road! <laughs> Double fudge chocolate! Yeah. Well, like, the, he, yeah, he's like, Mike! Mike, it's here! Or whatever he was screaming at her, you know, it's just really a moment, a nice little, like, a brief moment of levity amongst all the crazy stuff that was going on. But I oh, thought that was cool. Yeah. I, 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 I miss seeing the old pudding cans too. Oh man. See, I never, I'm sure I probably ate pudding out of a can at some point as a little kid, but when, when it came for lunchtime, we always just had snack packs, you know, just the traditional little plastic cup. The plastic. Yeah. But you see the size of oh, those yeah. things?
2: They're like four times the size of a snack yeah, pack. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why, I mean, that's like the lunch lady's supposed to, I guess, supposed to empty those into a tray for the kids to scoop out or something. I don't know.
2: Uh, they, they think they had pull tabs yeah, on the top.
0: that's true. Single serving. Um, The other thing, I guess, is this is where we get to the part, I guess, where Steve uh, has a good turn here as he's trying to make things right with Jonathan and Nancy. And it, we saw that begin last time with him helping to clean up the marquee. Um, and then his reaction to the situation, he finds himself at a buyer's house is totally normal. I mean, he's, (laughs) I mean, he walks into a crazy situation, um, but he, he, he handles it. All right.
2: Yeah. Well, he doesn't, uh, no, he's, he's proactive after he realizes there's some horrible thing trying to kill him. It's, he's just not going to have that. Yeah.
0: Well then uh I guess the next thing I'd say is the demogorgon was still pretty scary in the buyer's house because it's still at this point kept in the dark. Um I thought it and this always happens in movies or shows like this, it lost a little bit of its scariness, I guess. Um, you know, when it's like rampaging in the hallways and classrooms of the school. Um uh, it still was pretty pretty cool. Um what'd you think about that, Chris?
2: it's about time you actually get to see the creature though i mean you can't you can only hold back so much for so long and i i i probably would have felt gypped if we didn't get a full on confrontation with a fully visible uh demogorgon Mm. Uh, you know uh so it's not that it at this point it's not really about being scary at this point it's about the tension of are they going to be able to kill the monster? Are they going to get Will in time? So it's not so much the the jump
0: scare nature anymore; it's the ticking clock right. at this point that's scary. Well, and it was cool. I, I mean, I think it was battle damage, but I mean, it it still looked even in the school as well that it it had like burn damage from what they had done yeah. to it. Oh yeah, in uh, yeah. their sneak attack. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, was uh... so
0: Dave? You were saying you you. Uh, you had a thought about Steve in his uh, joining the battle at, at the buyer's house.
1: Oh, against okay.
0: Against
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, if I was a better podcaster, I'd remember my train of thought. And I totally um, have been spending the entire time we've been recording trying to remember where I was <laughs>
0: <laughs> going with that.
1: <laughs> but here's what I thought this time. This is what I thought um, uh, this time when I rewatched it. Maybe um, my thought will come back to me sometime and I'll. I'll bring it up in our next episode, but it's interesting. If you look at Jonathan and Steve, um, and Nancy, the first time I watched the story, I kind of thought, Oh, well, the twist is that, that Nancy doesn't end up with Jonathan. You know what I mean? She stays with the bad boy, right? But coming to watch it again this time, I thought, you know what? The real twist is that, that Jonathan is actually the bad boy. If you look at, like, him in this episode, like, he's the cool, exciting, like, he's the monster hunter. He's, like, the wild guy. You know what I mean? He's got a yeah. trunk full of weapons, and he's going to take her out on a hot date to use them. And Steve, <laughs> Steve's the nerd. He's, like, the good boy that's like, I'm sorry. I want to be good. What's going on? why <laughs> And then it caps off. Is, where do we see – where's the last thing you see, Steve? He's sitting on the couch next to Nancy in a total nerd sweater that – I have that sweater. <laughs> oh, my so And he's he's wearing his, like, total Christmas sweater that Nancy's mom probably got for him. And he's sitting – he's like, he's the dork. And Jonathan yeah. is – Jonathan's out in his old muscle car listening to his mixtapes, you know. So anyways, I just thought it was kind of funny. Steve, you know, and kind of his – uh but I guess yeah, and and but he he has a great redemption redemption in this episode. He gets his little Hudson moment, you know, of like he's you know <laughs> crazily picks up the bat and starts going to town at the monster, you know. Yeah. Just reminded reminded me a lot of Hudson at the end, right before he dies in Aliens, where he yeah. you know kind of goes. That's crazy. where I
0: thought you're. That's where I thought you were going with that the other day. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: so, no. I Steve does. I, I, Steve didn't have to die though. No, no, he
0: did Well, that's one thing I'd I'd actually ask you guys about too. I don't know if I actually even put this in a note, but it's something we can talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. I was being kind of well unsure of what the future of the show was going to be, especially when it first came out and we all first watched it. Yeah, I guess I thought there might be a little bit of a higher body count, but really. Mm. Mm. You know all the main crew. I mean, I guess they probably didn't want to kill the kids or Will or no. whatever. But you know, Will
2: yeah, they could they could have easily killed Will. I mean that it could have. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't think for sure that Will was was going to make it out. They could have easily gotten in there, and it could have been too late. And at that point, it just would have been we need to kill this thing before it kills any more kids. It and it would have been a perfectly acceptable way to right. go. I'm glad that's not what they did with right. it. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't think for, for one minute that w- there was a, a plot armor on on Will at all.
0: Yeah, and then, and then I wondered about yeah. the same thing um, regarding, like, Steve, Nancy, and Jonathan. Like, I thought, oh, man, I, I actually wondered if one of them wasn't going to make it.
2: Yeah, that, would, that would have been totally, totally valid as well. Um, you could have killed any one of them um, and had it. Have interesting repercussions for season two, yeah. especially if Nancy dies, and then it's the two of them that both liked her oh, you know do, do yeah. they become friends, do they become enemies? You could have played with that, but yeah. they actually did something that's just as valid uh Steve redeems himself. It's clearly his idea to get give Jonathan a new camera. Mm-hmm. you know you can kind of tell that yeah. um so it's um. I guess that's more about, you know, they're a little bit older than the other kids. It's like, you know, part of them becoming adults, I guess, you know, and you kind of put the, the small stuff past you and try to move on and deal with more important things.
0: No, that's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't necessarily even, lay, like, laying in as a criticism. I just thought, you know, going into that final episode the first time I watched it, I definitely was under no impression that they were all, or like, hop, I very, very... I mean, maybe it's too much of a trope, but him in this whole redemptive arc he's been on the whole time, you know, sacrificing himself to save Will at the end or something like that. Um, And yeah, and that would have been a direct callback to one of the other
2: influences here. They they could have done a full on, you know, uh, the mist with it. They could have had him
1: being the guy who didn't make it out, you know. Mm Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be interesting to see. I know we're we're kind of, um, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show yet or not, like planning on kind of doing a look-ahead episode. Yeah. But uh, I think definitely, um, you know, uh, all bets are off when it comes to Chapter 2.
2: Yeah, I would say so. Um, because I you're going to pull, the, honestly, now that everybody kind of knows what's going on, this is where you would pull the rug out. Mm-hmm. From somebody. Yep.
1: Yeah, I, I, my, my personal side bet right now is that either in the first episode or maybe halfway through the next chapter, somebody big will probably, probably bite the bullet. Nice. So, you heard it here first. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: hot take, Dave. It's yeah, a hot take. All
1: right. um, I don't know. I know we talked a little bit earlier about like camera setups and cool things. I liked the pan from the stars at the beginning. Always, you know, Star Wars play, pretty mm-hmm. cool. But I, yeah, I didn't notice until this time, which I think is either the third or fourth time I've rewatched it. <coughs> Nerd. Um, that uh, that when they go into the shot of the upside down after the opening credits, um, it starts it's, upside down. It's upside yeah. down.
2: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> I noticed that this
2: time I was too. Like, I was like, oh,
1: like yeah, so, my head's cocked, and I'm like, where are they going with this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was a little, couple, couple little cinematic moments I noticed that I thought were just, you know, uh, a, a, a testament to the quality of the show. So,
0: Yeah, yes. I mean, between, and speaking of them hiking through the Upside Down, I mean, between, I, I assume, like, near Castle Byers, I think Hop finds an egg or he finds something weird, and he kind of, like, peers oh, down yeah. into it. Between that mm-hmm. and, of course, the way that uh, Will is kind of, I've cocooned into this big growth in the library. You know, it's hard not to get an alien vibe. I know we've said many times <laughs> between alien and aliens, there's been lots oh, of yeah. callbacks to those. Well, but, and he's standing there in that suit with a giant helmet on. Right. You know, right. And, the, and
1: the if you listen to the sound at that moment, it's very windy, very LV-426 kind of, you know, spooky sounding. And Yeah, I just watched Aliens a few days ago, and, yeah, that was all over that scene.
0: So, well, and even the yep. lighting is almost like that kind of mm-hmm. blue, kind of dark,
1: a, a constant desolate storm going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the upside down is very much like a you know perpetual nuclear winter going on.
0: So yeah, yeah. Well, I wondered about uh, that little, as well. It's like it, well, it looks like ash or something is constantly kind of yeah. falling or decay. It looks like decay, yeah, decay. Yeah. So, yeah, And I thought the other thing I thought was maybe it's almost like fungus like fungal spores mm, or like something yeah. kind of floating all around because that's the thing when they go down into the bottom of the lab like the the rift or the gate has it to me it seems like it's expanded like it's all down that hallway now all this growth all over the walls and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah yeah
2: yeah that's what i got from the upside down in general is just it's it's a just a non-stop cycle of growth and decay i mean if you just you see the way everything is overgrown you know it's stuff that presumably was
0: alive that may is maybe now is dying yeah i don't know it's thing we just are left to speculate but yeah yeah it's interesting i wonder it's like what yeah i'd like to hear like i'd love to hear like a commentary commentary tracks for these episodes because i'd love to hear what they were thinking about the way the upside down was designed like that is have it they? just because? I mean, it could be, and it would be a totally valid reason, to just say because it looks cool and scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> I well, as a side
1: note, I mean, have they released anything? Any of the Netflix original shows been released on DVD,
0: or any kind of, you know?
1: I, I not that I'm aware well, of. They have, have
0: they? I don't know. I guess I was going to guess House of Cards might have been. But I think, I'm not sure.
1: Because I, I, I don't think <laughs> you have any incentive to release it on, on home media,
0: right? I mean...
2: Well, well it wouldn't make sense it, right?
0: besides, uh, I guess, the actual sale of the media. But,
2: but why sell it once for $60 when mm-hmm. you can get...
1: So here's the real real question. So then, do they do they possibly maybe like sell commentaries like a kind of a riff tracks type thing like
0: House of Cards? They wouldn't even need to do that. That They on Blu-ray and DVD. I'm looking at it right now. Okay,
2: interesting. Well, see, they wouldn't even need to do that. They can just upload a new video with a different audio track.
1: You know, that'd be really cool if they did that. That'd be kind of neat. That's that's one thing. uh, I don't know about you guys. Like as the the physical disc declines, I'm. Kind of bemoaning the lack of, you know, special edition discs. It's
2: kind of sad. Oh, I, yeah. It's very rare that any new release now gets the, the treatment that early DVDs used to get mm-hmm. with in terms of special features. I mean, I bought Civil War the day it came out and it was like, okay, it's got the commentary, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the, you know, the, the Russo brothers doing that. It's, it's good, but all of the other bonus features on it are like, there's a two minute gag reel. Yeah like three minutes of deleted scenes it's like i know there's more stuff mm-hmm. out there the 40 minute making mm-hmm. of is all right but it's i mean it's not like when you you know you get home and you get like a brand new criterion disc and oh, you rip it open cr- and you'd be like oh my god i got the criterion for robocop i can't wait to watch oh, all this i know
1: i have but, a criterion for silence of the lambs and it's one of my prized dvd possessions oh yeah
2: you know, oh yeah i could have let that go a long time ago for a a mint and I was like, mm, "No, I'm going to hold on to this."
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I I mean, gosh, what uh oh, I would love to have a jam-packed Uber special collectors edition of this on on some kind of form.
2: Yeah, it's it is surprising that Netflix doesn't do. I mean, you can find stuff on YouTube, but it's really always very short featurettes. Mm-hmm. I th- I think with the shows that they do, there's enough there that they could be doing bonus features. I mean, you're already paying for the the streaming service, you know, throw up like an hour-long documentary or something, you know, anything. Well, even look
0: at like the, I mean, their their original programming is great. I think that might not work as good for some of, you know, one of, they do originals and they do like, at least on kids programming, they do like continuations where something Mm -hmm. may have started on an actual channel, like a cable channel, and then they'll migrate it over and continue it on their own programming. Yeah, just, but, I mean, they like, have
2: they they have the platform to deliver it. It's it, yeah. You know, I just don't know why they don't
0: do. No, it. They must have done enough research to realize it's probably not worth doing. I guess. But uh, what okay. I I mean, think of like the Marvel shows. Like when in, I mean, if you had like uh, Lord of the Rings appendices style, you know, series of documentaries amongst all those shows of how they yeah. all worked them all together and. How they will continue to work them together and all that? Who wouldn't like that? It'd be great, you know. It would be awesome. Yeah, it looks like we may have to like wait for like a book
1: or something, you know. Yeah. Like when the show is all done, you know, get a making of coffee table book, maybe the only thing we get. So, get on it, Netflix. We know you're listening. No doubt. Come on.
0: Well, okay, so let's (laughs) let's talk about the really the final final kind of climax of the show, and then we can kind of talk about the. Is it denouement? Den- I think that's the word, like the mm-hmm. kind of yeah. wind down. Yep. So, well, for one, per the email we read at the beginning of the show, he's right in that, to me, it seems pretty obvious that the Demogorgon smashes through the wall and, like, kills everyone that's trying to fight it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like. He's percent correct in that, especially, like, let's say with Brenner Brenner doesn't even try and fight it. He just stands there, and it launches onto him. You know, he didn't really have a... uh, You know, you could say, well, he didn't have a moment to react, really. It just happened so quickly. But we don't see what really happens to him, and he's right also that it does seem like the Demogorgon took stuff to the other side to eat it, not eat it in our world. So I would say there... uh, I thought that was a great observation because I definitely think he... He might totally be wrong, and they just didn't show the Demogorgon killing all the soldiers because it would have cost more money in visual effects or something. But I think it's also very plausible that maybe there's a plot reason. Like, maybe he's right. Maybe Brenner will show up again. I don't know. Yeah. To Well, to, to cut into that point, if you
2: look at the um – the board that's in the police uh, station. Oh shoot! If you freeze frame uh-huh. on that, there is uh, a quote from Doctor Brenner post incident. Whether or not that was somebody in the production department having fun, or whether or not it was for eagle-eyed viewers, I don't know. Well, that's
0: really interesting. Interesting, because that yeah. kind of plays into the next point I have. Well, first, before we get there. What do you think actually, like, how would you describe her? What do you think actually happened with Al and the Demogorgon? Mm.
2: I, I can't, I can't even fathom it. Clearly her, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe her power is, uh, so much that not only did she destroy the Demogorgon and vaporize herself, maybe she has the ability to psychically put herself back together. Maybe she's a being of pure energy now. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. It's um I'm sure it's one of those things that they'll definitely follow up on though. I mean, it's it could actually be, you know, legitimately just going with the X-Men route and you know, that's maybe she was maybe now she's going to be Dark Phoenix actually. You know, maybe she's going to be you know, Ooh, yeah. a little uh a little turnt when she when she comes back, you know. Yeah. There's there's anywhere that they could go with this. Well, can I propose an uh, I was thinking
0: here something that jogged something in my mind. Maybe, maybe, instead of the Dark Phoenix idea, although they've certainly kind of you know, pointed towards that at the very beginning of the show, maybe this is like a Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White type scenario. Ooh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he yeah. dies saving All the right. Fellowship, fighting the Balrog and Moria, and there's been, you know, mm-hmm. 101... Lord of the Ring references and Hobbit references in the show so far, maybe yeah. we're talking that kind of scenario. With some, What you said about her coming back is like pure energy or something like that. Well, that made me think, well, maybe she'll come back, you know, and not quite be herself, but be more because of what she's done or like, yeah. herself. She's like I don't know. Is this an idea? Well, but it's interesting. It was, Oh, go ahead, John. No, no, that's it. That's, that's, just, clear. that's just something that you made me think of yeah. by what you were saying there.
1: Well, it's funny. Like, the one thing I noticed this time, you know, talking about the, the end there, um, in the previous episodes, you know, you know, we find out the Demogordon, it's drawn by blood. Right. And you, you see it kind of come through, you know, it, it but every time it kind of comes through the wall, it, um, it has to kind of stretch and push, and it's like a hard transition. And this time there's so much blood on the ground. I don't know if you know it's like this time he literally just like busts through the wall smashes through yeah. man style you know yes <laughs> oh yeah you know and so and so it's obviously a lot stronger you know when there's more blood and so you know and then you see when when l takes it out um you know he kind of dissolves but then it just kind of envelops her mm-hmm. you know what i mean she doesn't dissolve yeah. she gets enveloped by it. and so i think she gets i don't know if I think she gets inadvertently pulled in.
0: Well, I can't out. tell she yeah. got inadvertently pushed in, or she was just basically pushing him to the upside down, like literally, like pushing him back, and just yeah. had to push herself through as well. It just was. It's unclear, and I don't think it's meant to be. Yeah, obviously definitive. Yeah. It's meant for us to have this this discussion, like what actually happened there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then so that kind of this all, but that all kind of leads into some of the other kind of points I had here, questions I had here about the ending in that, like, the school at this point would be a war zone. <laughs> you know, Mike's parents show up and they're all, like, so happy he's alive and everything great. But, like, yeah. the school would be, like, you oh, know, yeah. it's ripped totally to shreds finished. by all the gunfire and everything else and Barb is still missing as well as, like, four or five other people from what Brenner said earlier. Um I guess my question is, does the government cover all this up, or what? I mean, you said you saw the quote mm-hmm. from Brenner on the wall. Is that – I mean, did he – We? Man, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Maybe he survived, or maybe it's just, you know, some PR release from the government. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, th- I think they covered it up. I mean, if you try – it's one of those things where – um you, could, you put yourself back in the mindset of like 80s movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was a lot easier to, to sweep everything under the rug, and you know, right. and that was, I think that was a big, and that was a big part of the deal that Hop made. You know, he basically sure told, look, we're just going to keep our mouth shut so that they the, can cover the, Yeah, so that they can cover this up basically without snuffing us out. <laughs> right. And so, but yeah, I know that it's funny you you say about the school being a war zone because that was one of my notes. Is like the the shot of them all sitting around in the waiting room just reminded yeah. me of Die Hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every, everybody's just beat the crap. You know what I mean? The boys are passed out of sleep. Everybody's <laughs> beat up, cut, you know, and just a wreck. You know what I mean? So, um Yeah,
0: Lucas yeah. and Dustin have a nice little <laughs> 1982 moment.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, totally passed out, yeah. yeah. Too funny. Well, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, yeah i th- I think it's definitely supposed to be like, yeah the government just kind of swept it under the rug
0: yeah and i and I think that's after everything else we've seen. I think that's a total reasonable way to um see that now. I would say, like about Hoppin' and Joyce and will mm-hmm. we never we don't get and it, like that seems to me just like something maybe they cut out just for editing or time purposes, but we don't actually get a scene of them bringing him mm-hmm. out of the upside down. I guess we assume the gate or the rift is still open unless possibly it got closed when Elle did her, you know, whammy on the Demogorgon. I mean, it's, they kind of leave that all up in the air as well. Yeah. My, my guess is it's,
1: it's like, it's still exactly like how we left it. Yeah. You know, they basically have like sealed that place off and it's now like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark style.
2: Top men. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Cause that was one of the things, that was one of my notes was that like when you, like right, as, as Hop and Joyce go down to enter the upside down, I was like, this is hilarious. Cause like they don't even, the government guys aren't even watching them. They basically just like, you know, shove them down in the basement and, and good luck. Good luck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so they don't even, they're not standing around monitoring it. Like, like the time that Brenner sent one of his men through, you know, they, right. they literally just have kind of, you know, <laughs> locked the door and thrown away the key. With that that whole room, which I'm sure will probably play into the next chapter, um, yeah. But yeah, so I want to,
2: and I mean, just from a just from a storytelling point of view too. It's um, you don't need to see them walking out unless something was going to happen to them while they were walking out. So it's that's, it's true. Just that's <laughs> true. Yeah, it's
0: judicious editing. Economy yeah. of storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oops, uh, sorry, was my dog shaking? <laughs> um well and then I and I after that, you know, speaking of them all being in the hospital, I definitely, you know, and more Lord of the Rings references, but the boys all running in to see Will was very much uh the Hobbits running in to see Frodo after he destroyed the ring oh. type type moment. Yeah. And um, Will
1: Will being left scarred by his
0: ordeal, very Frodo. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So. So in the coda or the denouement or whatever you want to call it, the big reveals are that Hop is bringing food to like Dave said, or we assume L in the woods. I mean he he's bringing food and we think it might be L because obviously he has some wrapped up eggs as well. Oh my gosh, yep. my mom had that exact Tupperware. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I don't know <laughs> what I call that with that <laughs> shaped lid.
1: Yeah with that ridge that the little like like you know. star lid. Oh my like, gosh, we yeah. had forever oh yeah yeah that's it's probably still sit sitting out. in a
0: landfill somewhere exactly. dave <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's never go away. goes and fried chicken yeah, yeah totally <laughs> well and we didn't actually see you know and it kind of left it up to our imagination he gets in a car walking out of the hospital we don't see what the result of you know all that was yeah um uh, so that definitely leaves something in the air for, uh, you know, season two with Hop and his relationship to, to the lab or the government or whatever. Um, and then I guess the other, you know, kind of shocking moment was Will. Everything seems fine, uh, but he is obviously still messed up. He goes into the bathroom and spits up, coughs up a piece of the tentacle. And then I uh, It's the it.
2: same thing that was in Barb's mouth when when L was in the. Yeah,
0: you're right. So
1: and it's I, read, the, I read that's like the, a Monster Slug. I mean, that's what it looked like.
2: Yeah, it, it, it. Not to look too far ahead, but one of the next season episodes is called the Tadpole,
0: right? Dude, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so <y'all> remember, I remember. <laughs> I can't even remember what the episode title is. It reminded me of two things. One. An episode of the X Files about the flatworm people. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, ooh, you know yeah, what I'm talking really about? Where they end up chasing yeah. to, like a sewer plant, a yeah. sewage plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Fluke Man. Uh, oh flute yeah, Fluke Man. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. what flute, That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a second. One. Yeah. Second, it reminded me, and I don't think you, if you'd ever seen this, it would not remind you of it. The end of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. where he looks in the mirror and he sees Bob or whatever. And kind of freaks out that uh, I got that vibe from that as well. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's um, one thing that
2: I would bring up um, is when the boys are playing D and D again at the yes. end of the end of yep. the episode, um, it's the end of their campaign. Like when we first started the show, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, the big monster is there and they kill the big monster and immediately they all go, Well that's it. What about the lost night and the
1: That was way too <laughs> and the short. blah blah
2: blah. Yeah. Um is that breadcrumbs for what's to come? Um is there stuff that you know, it's are they teasing things that are gonna be happening? Is it I, I just it's just too throwaway not to
1: Well, I feel like it was very much mm-hmm. like a, you know, they're kinda taking their turn as the audience proxy, you know basically saying, like, we know that this was kind of short, sweet, there's a lot of dangling questions, and, you know what I mean, but there's another okay. Coming. That's That's the way I read it, but, yeah, I, I never thought of it the way you did, where there might actually be, like, clues in there, which I really, I well, really I just, like. Yeah.
2: And, it, and it, it only dawned on me more since they did the, the release of the episode titles for season yeah. two, because it's yeah. like... I, and, <sighs> If I know that they weren't guaranteed a season two, but I mean maybe they're just playing a real long game and it's having fun, like this is the stuff we we wanna talk about it, but we can't because there's nothing definite yet. So it's I don't know. But it and it's also a, a happy ending, you know, they they win their game, but Yeah, uh, more bad stuff's around the corner.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like uh yeah, there's oof. Well, and it's funny, like, you know, you think about the denouement, like, you know, it, it, the title card's like one month later, you know, and, and you think, like, when, think about when you were that age, like, how long that month was. Between,
2: Especially the month leading up to Christmas. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That,
1: that month between Thanksgiving and Christmas was, like, nine months long. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's interesting, like, you know, we're jumping ahead to, uh what year are we jumping ahead to in Chapter 2?
2: It's fall of eighty four. Yeah, I think it's a year later.
1: Yeah, so we're jumping ahead a year, and, and you know, you know how it is what a year when you're that age is like monumental. So, um, yeah, they have to they have to do it a year too because those kids are not going to be able to pull
2: off. No, no, no. ten years and, old for you much know, longer. And the Duncan brothers
1: have said. I, I read an interview where they said like that's what they they want. They want to keep telling stories with these kids as they get older. They very much wanted a um, Harry Potter movie. Series type. Oh, feel. thank God. And That's so, cool. yeah, so they want to keep the kids. They want to, they want to move the story along with the 80s. You know, so if you think about it, like, you can get some, like, you know, we get a couple seasons, you know, 84, 85, 86, you know, the golden days. So. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it'll be interesting, especially as those, as those kids start getting older, if they have to start dealing with the stuff you deal with in like junior high. And, oh, yeah. High school, if it does go on that
1: one. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and the way the, the, the show pulls from so many different, uh, genres, like I'm really looking forward to it. You know, like there was little things like, like in the montage where, uh, Jonathan and Nancy are getting ready to do battle, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, you know, it just felt so army of darkness to me.
2: Yep. Oh yeah. The trunk shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're
1: making their weapons. He's loading the gun. And I'm just like, you know, I just, I want to see more. With these kids, you know, more crazy, uh, you know, mirror universe
0: yeah. adventures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think we're going to get that. Um, so it's going to be, I don't know. I, you know, what I think will be hard to replicate in the next season, at least for me, is not, you know, the quality of the acting or the coolness of the story and all the geeky stuff that, you know, hooked us to begin with. But I mean, I felt like it was a really between, especially between Hop and Joyce and the search for Will, a pretty emotionally powerful story. Right. So to yeah. kind of get that aspect of it right again, to me, is going to be kind of the real challenge for the next season. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it'll be uh, plenty emotional. Um, so the, the, there's no way that Hop gets out of this unscathed, so he might be in a real bad place. Mm-hmm. And what is another kid coming back to life going to do to these to this family, you know, this family of friends? Because, mm. um, you know, if if Eleven's alive and she's suddenly back, mm. you know, what's that going to do? to Well, everybody? and
0: he obviously the way it shows it at the end, it seems like you assume at least he's the only one that knows what's going on with her or at least, you know, he knows enough to bring her food. It's not like but at least on Mike's the way Mike was longingly looking at her little <laughs> pillow for it. You know, I don't get any sense anyone else knows that she might still be around. So, what will the ramifications yeah. of that be? Oh, you know. You know what?
2: You know what you do with Mike. You give him a new girlfriend. Oh, oh. there you go. Yeah. Drama yeah. bomb. Mm.
1: <laughs> nice. this saying. Is it, is it, any, any of you guys? Any of you want a, a like a Dustin quotes T-shirt? I think I I need yes. a Dustin quotes T. Oh, you can get
2: you can get his avocado festival T shirt. You can get uh I I want like a shirt with all his his quotes from the show on it. You know? You can get the curiosity door T. They have that one already.
1: <laughs> I just love. Oh my gosh, yeah. he had so many freaking awesome lines in this. You know what I mean? Yes,
2: yes, he did. He's kind
1: of a badass now. You
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the he's got the Samwise role. He's carrying everybody oh, he's
1: everywhere. Sure oh yeah. Yeah, I just I, I want to have, I want a shirt that says Lunch Lady Phyllis hoards that shit, and then have like. <laughs> <laughs> I want. That
2: shit. I, I want it. I'm sure you can find yeah. it,
1: <laughs> Dave. You can't find it, man. Make it. Uh, seriously, I, I think we should design skills. so them the word. That's right. I think we need a cast protection
0: T-shirt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh man.
0: Oh my heck! Awesome. Well, I think that was about all I had for this final episode. You know, it was a great end to a really fantastic, you know, story. Really, really, I mean, it's eight episodes, so it's not that long, and it was really tight, awesome story. Yeah, um, yeah. We haven't like rated or reviewed or anything, but I would definitely give it two thumbs up for sure.
2: It's uh, it's one of the most enjoyable things I've watched in, in quite a long time. Um, I'm just, I'm just. It's one of those things like, I, I love living in this world where I get, you know, new Marvel and DC movies all the time, and uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, and there's just so much stuff coming out now that I never thought I'd be around to see, or that I ever thought would exist. And this is just another part of what's going on right now in terms of genre stories that that are coming out. That I'm just, I'm just thankful for it. Um, for every hundred crummy sci-fi or fantasy shows that come out when the good ones come out and they hit well and they do everything right. It makes it so worth it. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: well, and it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, we're all getting a little bit older and so it's, it's just kind of fun to be able to see like the, some of the stuff that we grew up on now coming back as the, as you know, as the quote unquote throwback type entertainment you know what i mean because you know when we were kids they they were throwing back to like 50s and 60s and stuff and so you know and you yeah. know now we're old enough that you know 80s style throwback is a thing and i'm just glad like like you said to, to be able to see it like t- like done well and not just as like a joke you know what i mean not just oh yeah. look, at and I like the jokey stuff yeah, too. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do too. But you know, it's, to get something more than just like, look, everybody's wearing really bad clothes, and you know, and Flock of Seagull's hair, you know. Uh, yeah, to, it to actually, it, you know what it
2: is. It's I I loved that Kung Fury that came out the thirty minutes yes. uh, film that those guys did. I thought that was great, and I thought that was a nice nostalgic throwback. But at the end of the day, it's a thirty minute long joke, and it's a it's an entertaining joke. Right. Um, this is a nine hour long story that doesn't rely on just the absurdity or the nostalgia to get you through right. it. Um, you could set this in the 90s, the 70s, modern day. Mm-hmm. Would it lose some of its charm? Maybe. Uh, But the story itself is something that you could tell regardless of the time period, which is what makes it stand out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a it's it's earnestly told. It's a wonderful love letter to that time period. It's full of in, you know, in references, jokes, and homages. But it it just comes together. You know, it's like a it's like a perfectly cooked meal. Everything is just in all the right proportions. And I'm I'm excited. I, I
0: want the second course. I'm ready. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They haven't announced the date yet, but we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled.
2: And I want more merchandise, Netflix. Why are you not merchandising this? Everything that comes out is all third party. Where are the Funko Pops for this? Oh, my gosh. Come on.
1: I want uh, Stranger Things Christmas.
2: (laughs) Give it to me. Stranger Things Christmas. You
1: know, I mean I
0: had have- oh presents yeah, under the yeah. tree. I gotcha. I, all right. Yeah, like I
1: had my Empire Strikes yeah. Christmas in nineteen eighty. I my Stranger Things Christmas in two thousand.
0: It's funny. I was thinking, you know, w- we watch a lot of BBC shows, and that's something they always do is a Christmas special oh. for a lot of their shows. Oh my
2: god! Why get the kids together? Give them a half an hour to do a <laughs> just them opening their presents. Oh, that would be amazing.
1: That would be awesome. That would be way awesome.
2: 83 80, December of 83 mm-hmm.
1: what would I have been getting at that
2: time you would have been getting probably still Star Wars yeah, stuff masses of the universe yeah. big time yeah. for oh, yeah.
1: me yeah. castle graceville mhm oh yeah yeah
2: tila Oh, stop. Okay, we're gonna get, this is gonna get, this is gonna be cast protection
0: after dark if we, if we don't <laughs> stop now. <laughs> well, on that note, you can reach us at castprotection at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at castprotection. You can find us on Facebook and you can leave us a review on iTunes. We are definitely planning to do a few more episodes. One, maybe going more detail, uh, more in detail on some theories about what happened here in the show as well as looking forward to the next season um we did a little bit of that tonight but we can we can get a little more focused on that and then maybe also we'll see if we can scrounge up some fellow podcasters to do maybe a round table talking about the show overall so oh yeah it's happening to happen okay great so we're working on that um but we want to thank you all for listening to these eight episodes we've had a lot of fun talking about this great show and hopefully you've had some fun listening to it Uh, So thanks, guys, and we'll be back soon. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at
2: 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time.